Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. We're back for another episode of Managing Expectations. Today will be a fun one. We're going to do something new and have a player on interview. Vancouver Whitecaps star Julian Gressel. I know this is groundbreaking having uh, an interview on for a podcast, but hey, we're uh, we're we're stepping around the moon and and, and in the outer space right here. Um, but yeah, you should expect some more of this moving forward. But we'll see. At first, I didn't necessarily want to have interviews. I kind of wanted it to be a small and rotating cast of co-hosts. You know, people that I have good chemistry with, people that I you know, enjoy and think would be good at this, make it more conversational rather than me saying, hey, Michele Giannone, how did you get started in the industry? And, and kind of doing all the same things. I wanted it to be, you know, Doyle, Weeby and, and Joe Lowry, Ari Siegel, all these people and more that that I'm kind of close with and, and Charlie Bohm, who I'm going to have at the end of the week, which is cool. Um, I kind of wanted it to be like that because I, I didn't want to get caught into just asking players and people the same questions they've already been asked a billion times. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just a larger commentary on me being worried about me being good enough as asking questions or me doing enough work to ensure that I'm not just asking the same old questions, but um, I've relented there and I th- we're going to start to do it. Hopefully we'll, we'll do it. Well, you know, it's a fine balance between not asking say Julian Gressel, the same questions, but also, he gets asked the same questions because they're interesting and, and it's kind of what people want to know. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I think Julian's going to be a good first one to have. We'll sprinkle some in moving forward. I've got a couple set up for next week as well. Um, again, hopefully, hopefully it'll go well. Please be sure to let me know what works, what doesn't work, what you liked, what you hated. You know, my DMs are always open for better or for worse. Um, so w- real quickly here with Julian, I wanted to give him the first option to come on. Um, and again, it sounds like I'm doing him a favor. He's doing he's doing me a favor by coming up. But I wanted to let him know the courtesy of, hey, man, like I'm going to start doing interviews or having guests or whatever. So I, I, I want you to have the first option of refusal, first right of refusal to come on because he does a wonderful podcast, Z Soccer Podcast with Chicago Fire Attacker Fabian Herbers. And they had me on in the off season, and I was, air quote, their first media member. Um, and I, I, that was something I was, I was humbled and excited by, appreciated, appreciated that they uh, decided that I'd be I'd be worth you know thirty or forty minutes to talk to, um, and they're fun dudes, they're good dudes. I enjoyed it, and and I thought it was kind of only right to give Julian the first chance at this, and you know surprise surprise he he actually was is ready to donate I don't know twenty or thirty minutes of his time. We'll see. I haven't recorded it yet. It's funny though. So uh, I, I go on that podcast um, to talk transfers and a season preview, and I didn't really know what my role in that was going to be and what the role of that part of the show was going to be. Right, like. Essentially, I'm worried about whatever I say. I don't want to put them in an awkward spot where they can't, you know, really be critical or honest or whatever or or guilty by association of something I say. You know, look, as someone who receives angry texts from people around MLS pretty regularly about things Doyle writes that they disagree with, particularly if it's about their team or their player, I get it. I I didn't I wanted to be kind of, you know, as minimally annoying or, or make sure that they didn't get any headaches from anything I said or anything I did. So I honestly, I was just being a little careful. I didn't know what they were going to be able to say. I didn't know anything. Like, again, these are guys that are in the industry. They have, they, they can't really, 
you know, kill somebody on their own team or another team that they're playing and, and you know, whatever it is, right? Like, so, again, I was just being careful. But it turns out I was the one that was being soft. These guys were real. Like, if they thought a team sucked, they said it in so many words. Like, it was funny. I, I didn't think this was when Julian was still on DC. Um, I didn't think that DC were going to make the playoffs. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, you guys yeah, have a chance or whatever. Like, I was like, I don't want to. I didn't know how to say, hey, man, like, Julian, I think you're really good, but I think the team sucks and, and you guys aren't, aren't going to be good enough to make the playoffs. So it was kind of funny, like, navigating that and figuring out pretty quickly that, oh, okay, like, I can just be normal on this. I'm, it's not going to bother them. It's not, it'd bother them if, if I wasn't being normal and if I wasn't being honest. So um, right from there, like, I respected the hell out of that. I respect the hell out of them. Um, you know, a couple weeks after I was on the show, Fabian Herbers absolutely ripped Gonzalo Higuain. I'm sure you saw the quotes. He said something like, you know, this, this, fuck this guy. I, I don't want his shirt. This, this, he, you know, his mannerisms is all awful. He thinks he's better than everybody else. Like all, all of this stuff. It was, and it was like really honest and it was a really good content. And like then Julian, a couple of months later, when he got traded from DC was honest about his, you know, feelings of like, Hey, I really didn't like how that went down. And again, these are so useful. I, I again, I respect the hell out of them for for them being honest and saying these things. Like, again, I know it's. I, I'm sure that it's tough. Like, I'm sure it could cause a headache here or there. I'm sure that they've heard from a PR person. I'm sure they've heard from somebody else around the league. So, um, I, I really think that that it's good and and for them to be genuine, authentic. Um, and again, I, I'm going to say it when I introduce Julian, but you know, you should really pay attention to it follow their podcast. Um, if there's something that's, you know, I, I would say listen to it as much as you can, but there are a billion podcasts out there. So definitely just, just check it out. Give it a try. These guys are fun. And I think like before I started listening to it, my worry was that like, all right, like what can they really say? They can't really be honest. And like they do media all the time, whatever. It really is something different. And it really is a, a, a nice little um, perspective from, from these players of, of what it's really like. So again, this is new media versus old media kind of thing. You know, I know that's been a topic around the NBA. So, um, they're, they're kind of two guys who do it really good. Um, and I think it'll be a fun talk with Julian. Um, I guess, I guess we'll see how training, uh, training goes today after <laughs> we talk to him. So, um, yeah, so before, before we get to, uh, Julian Gressel, um, real quickly, I just kind of wanted to, talk about the big topic or one of the big topics going around MLS right now, which is, you know, LAFC is maneuvering and um, you know, what the hell is happening. <laughs> so they, they remain the big story in MLS, the transfer windows closed that, you know, they don't stop. There's, you know, a lot to, a lot to break down here. Um, the big picture, LAFC are about to sell Brian Rodriguez to club America for $6 million plus, you know, 20% sell on that should open the door for them to sign Christian Tello, Teo, sorry, which I reported a few days ago was very close but not finalized yet because it depended on Brian Rodriguez leaving, which I had said last week was also very close, but it, it or at least yesterday it wasn't done. And, and yesterday got done um, on Tuesday night. He traveled for his medical. All that's missing is him to pass the medical and, and sign the contract and sign the papers and he'll be gone. And LAFC will have a DP spot, a DP, a DP spot open, excuse me. Um, so yeah, uh, let, let's kind of, talk about this explain it because i get a ton of questions how the hell is this legal i don't understand why why is an insert my team doing this i think that that's the the most common one i get where teams with three dps or, or no roster flexibility are upset when their team doesn't sign a player like this you know lafc you know did have the room um you know and this is going to be a dry kind of 90 seconds or two minutes when i get to the, the roster stuff so i let's do a little bit more fun uh, christian tayo's background he's a 31 year old winger most recently with Real Betis in, in La Liga, 
but he's been a free agent since his contract expired on, on July 1st. Before that, he, he was, you know, most known as breaking through with Barcelona. And he looks like, you know, the next star winger to come out of that academy. He was, he was a young rising star, um, different position, obviously. But it, it reminds me a little bit of, of Ricky Pooch, who went to the Galaxy. Like, he was, this dude was a lot, I've got a lot of jokes about, oh, he was great in FIFA 13. Like, around that time, like when he was a teenager, it was like, oh my God, like this guy's going to be a star. Um, but it never quite worked out for him at Barcelona. He went to Betis. He went on loan to Fiorentina. All in all, he had 28 goals and 24 assists in 199 La Liga games, and then six goals and 10 assists in 50 Serie A appearances. Um, I should probably break it down into starts and sub appearances, but that those are really respectable terms. And for a player coming to MLS at 31, for a player coming into this team that won't be relied upon to be, you know, the guy. Um, I think that it's it's a smart roll of the dice. I think a lot of teams in the league either would, should have would have considered it or would want a player like this. So again, just because you don't work out with Barcelona and just because you don't have 20 goal contributions every season in La Liga doesn't mean you're bad, doesn't mean you're washed. Um, that it doesn't, it obviously isn't risk free. But um, I, I got a couple people saying, "Oh, this guy, this guy sucks." And like, why? Because he didn't become a superstar at Barcelona. Like, yeah, you know. 99.9% of professional players, let alone players in the world, they, they don't become superstars in Barcelona. And the ones who do get to Barcelona don't really get paid, and then they get pushed out, as, as you're seeing this summer. Um, so anyway, the kind of the way that this works on the cap, Brian Rodriguez leaves a DP spots open. So LAFC will have two DPs with Carlos Vela and, and Denny Buanga. Again, uh, their big signing from a couple week, weeks ago who isn't here yet because of visa stuff. Uh, Tito Dienes and, and my good friend Michele Giannone said that, that Teo would be a DP now to make up for cap maneuvering, then he could be bought down next year. It's confusing. It's fluid. The idea of him being a DP right now would probably be to save allocation money. So if he's able to be bought down next year, like Michele is saying it is, then if they were to buy him down this year, you would have to use allocation money. I'm sure that they have a lot of allocation money tied up in, you know, Chiellini and Bale or Max Tam players. There are a bunch of players that they had transfer fees. Like they, they have a lot of allocation money wrapped up. I can't say for certain if this is exactly why they make him a DP, but like, Earlier in the season, Inter-Miami had Gregory as a DP just to save some allocation money and, and to, you know, keep their assets free. Like, this is the thing that teams do. It's it's more like a placeholder rather than this is a DP. Like, Minnesota United, they signed um, Mender Garcia, and they put in the press release to make sure to, like, uh, alleviate expectations on the kid of, like, this is – this. they called it a restrictive DP, which essentially meant he's just a DP for right now, and then we're buying him down in the winter. So, like, don't look at him as, like, the savior for this team. So, um the way that that works, too, they're going to continue going with confusing cap stuff. This could impact how many U22 initiative slots they use. Um, teams can use up to three. They're restricted to only one if they have three senior DPs over the max TAM. Um, they have Jose Cifuentes as a U22 initiative player. I thought that Diego Palacios was, but they could have changed that. Uh, Michele says that he's not he's not listed on, on either website, either MLS's roster website or LAFC's website as a U22 initiative player. So I guess he's not. Um, if he's not, then this is easy. No matter what Telo's charge, Teo's charges, no matter what, they're good in terms of U22 initiative players. But if Palacios is, or if that changes, they could still it could still work as long as Teo is under the max TAM charge, which is like 1.6 million, which, which he'd have to be for them to buy him down next year anyway. So then they'd be able to use two, three U22 initiative slots the same way that Austin can, even though their three DPs are senior players. But because Alex Ring is under that 1.6 charge, he can be bought down, so they're able to use all three. Again, this is super into the weeds. I'm sure, uh, you know, we're really droning on here. Uh, but just that's – I get a lot of questions about how the hell does this work, even from other media members too, rather than not even just fans. Like, again, I know it's confusing. I sympathize, empathize. 
Uh, so I just kind of wanted to take a few minutes here to talk it out. So, you know, if, Hey, if you're asleep, wake up, we're going to talk about it on the field. Now, um, if he, if Teo, Teo is signed as, as we're all expecting on the field, it's just another champagne problem for Steve Trundolo. Trundolo was a driving force in keeping Rodriguez or at least why the club were hesitant to sell. He was, you know, again, McKelly had been reporting this over and over again that, that, you know, Trundolo wants to keep Rodriguez. Trundolo believes in Rodriguez, all this stuff. Um, so if Rodriguez leaves, it makes sense that, that they had a kind of replacement ready to go probably because Trundolo wants, you know, every, you know, they're oversaturated in attack and he you know, still wants more. It's like everybody, you want, you want this problem. It's a champagne problem. It's what everybody wants. But still, this is a front three that's going to have like five legitimate stars plus a rising talent that has been super useful this year. So their first choice attack is probably Carlos Vela, Chico, Chicho Arango, and Denise Boanga. That leaves Gareth Bale, Christian Tello, and, and, and uh, Mahalo Opoku as air quote second choice. Like, Apoku's like sixth on his depth chart. That's insane. He's been so good. He's been such a fun player. There's a guy who's who would be starting a lot of games for a lot of teams, like or like the first guy off the bench always for a lot of teams. Like he's he's a rising talent, U22 and um, yeah, 22 under 22 eligible. Like this is the, their sixth choice. <laughs> it's like pretty crazy. Like Trundolo's done a really good job all season at managing minutes and rotating in all positions because they they were deep kind of in, in a lot of positions. But all these dudes are going to expect to start their first playoff game. None of them are going to be happy if if they start and are subbed off the same way Chicharito wasn't with the Galaxy against the Seattle Sounders. Like, this is not it, – it's a champagne problem, but it's still a problem. Like, it's still something to worry about. Like, Gareth Bale still hasn't started a game yet for this team. Um, there was all those reports about Chich- Chicho Arango about what he's not doing in attack. Again, Denis Buanga did not come here as an every-game starter for a Ligon club to come be a super sub competition player. Like, Opoku's got to be thinking about his development, his career. And obviously, Talio, like, why Why would you come to a team like this? You know, he probably could have stayed in La Liga. I, got, I, I don't know that for sure, but I'm, I could guess. Like, he could have stayed somewhere or even a, an upper second division team in Spain and started every game. So, again, I'm sure that all of these players are expecting to play. So it's going to be something really interesting to look forward to. Uh, Trundle has a press conference today. Maybe he'll talk more about whether Bale is ready to start or, you know, what, what there is there. But, again, regardless, this team swinging for the fences. They probably need to do more moves in the winter to restock their allocation money pile to be able to keep this roster intact. Like Garth Lagerway, when they traded Brad Smith to DC United to Seattle, um, he pretty much said that the seven hundred fifty thousand were taking every dollar of that and using it towards the budget to buy to keep this roster. So it's it might be something like that. We'll see what it looks like. But in general, they don't have a big looming problem. If Bell stays, he becomes a DP and he could slide into that final DP spot with Teo being bought down. If Bell leaves. Teo could stay as a third DP or he could still be bought down and they could sign another DP, potentially a young player again to open, to ensure that they have all three U22 initiative slots and restock that cycle of young rising talent that we've all come to know around this team. So there are a lot of options, a lot of intrigue around LAFC. I thought that um, hopefully if you stayed awake through that and you stayed engaged that you were, you know, have a little bit of knowledge. Um, Again, I know it sounded like a lawyer. It sounded like a nerd reading rules. So maybe you didn't retain it, but just um, I thought I'd run through all that. All right. That was a lot of dry information. Um, hopefully, I, I think it's it's going to be pretty easy to have a little bit more fun than that with Julian Gressel. So, um, you know, we've got Julian Gressel coming up in a minute. All right, here he is, Vancouver Whitecaps, wingback extraordinaire Julian Gressel. And I'll also mention right off the top right here, he's also an excellent podcast host of Z Soccer Podcast with Chicago Fire's Fabian Herbers. First of all, Julian, how you doing? How was training today? Are you in a good mood or uh, was it was it a tough session? And I'm going to get caught with a couple of late challenges here. It was a tough session, but I'm still in a good mood for you always, my friend. 
Look at that. That's too kind. That's too kind. So uh, you've been in Vancouver for, what I got the timelines right, what, two months now? Uh, July 15th was the trade, so a little One over. month. Yeah. All right. Well, time flies when you're in the summer transfer window. Um, yeah. So how's, it, how's the transition been? Are you all settled? Are you all kind of like everything normally have your routines and everything? Yeah, I mean, as settled as I can be at this point, I think, you know, it's really been been good. Um, and, and now um, for my wife to, you know, tell me uh, that she likes it more than she, she thought she would is a big thing. You know, <laughs> my daughter, um, she's obviously a joy. She loves the weather at the moment, being outside. And we found a nanny for her already. So my wife can do a little bit of work um, and all those things, you know, that you kind of worry about. We kind of check the box, check the box, check the box. And um, yeah, it's been good. It's been a been a good month, you know, where the club has helped me out a lot and, and we've kind of settled in quite nicely here so far. And yeah. Was there any visa delays for your family? Because like, I mean, everybody, when, when talking about transfers, you understand that it's going to be a few weeks for international people. And I know you're going to the United States to Canada. So was there this kind of like lag period in she, your family weren't even allowed to come? No, there wasn't actually because good. I think my wife is American. So mm. uh, it's it's quite easy, I think, for Americans to come to the, to Canada so uh yeah and my daughter same right she has an American passport so there wasn't any delays in that thankfully I know I spoke to Andres Kubas here for example oh um, my god but transferred here as well and his family couldn't come for a couple months and that's that's must be difficult yeah yeah that's so terrifying and like it's it is difficult to kind of like talk about more nuance or whatever and like fans always want to talk about stuff on the field but like that's such a huge part and again it's, it's almost difficult to talk about because it's obvious like yeah that sucks and then what do you like what else what else yeah. can you say other than that that just sucks yeah i mean there's not much you know it'll be like oh man i really hope it gets resolved quickly <laughs> like like you know it's it's all up to the authorities and you know how those still sometimes work um but uh yeah visa stuff is is always even for americans you know, or for american clubs that bring in international players right like you sign somebody at the end of the transfer window you don't get him for you know, I think these, mm. for example, right? They signed Benteke on the last day. Yeah. When going to be able to play? How many games are you going to be able to play for them? All those things. So, um, yeah, it's not easy. But thankfully, we did, we didn't have that issue. <laughs> um, and talking about your your real family, I'm going to talk about your podcast family real quick. So I, again, I I am pretty interested in this. Like, I guess just first of all, like, what made you and in, in Fabi start it? And was there ever a worry of like? Not even this isn't worth my time, but like, hey, like this could bring a couple problems if like I say the wrong thing or somebody disagrees with me. That worry was 100 percent there. <laughs> um, but at the same time, we were like, we don't really care if that happens. You know, <laughs> we're, um, we're obviously very cautious of, of, you know, speaking badly about the league because I think it is a league. We want to promote the league. We want yeah. to promote our clubs and we want to, you know, promote soccer in this country. I think that's why we do it. <laughs> um, and 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 that's why we can't really be too too bashing on that at, at times and uh, but again we're honest we're open about things and um the reason why we started it was because we both love listening to podcasts i knew fabi did because he was like huge into podcasts from germany and mm. uh one day i was i obviously listened to oh, i listened a lot to tony Kroos and his brother oh, nice. uh, in europe and they have a really good podcast so i was like you know, I wonder, wonder why we don't have anything here. And then I, you know, do some research and you have NBA players, you have mm -hmm. NFL players, all that type of stuff. And I was like, MLS, there's absolutely nobody. I mean, I, th I think some guys, Benny Filehaber, I yeah, I think that was the only one, but, but yeah. they've both since retired. Yeah, exactly. So we were like, you know, active players, young <laughs> players, we felt like in, in the you know, <laughs> midst of their MLS careers, like, why not do it? And 
we can always stop again. That was kind of the thing when we started. It was like, if it doesn't go well, we just stop. <laughs> that, that was the thing. So like when, when you guys had me on, like I remember going in, like I was a little cautious and like I, I had, I've already recorded like a longer intro and stuff. And then I kind of retold this. So I'm, I'm going to try to shorten it again. But I was like, I didn't want you guys to get even guilty by association. If I said something either like too critical yeah. or whatever it is, like I don't want, and like, or you guys didn't push back enough. So like, I was like trying to feel it. And all right, like as somebody like Matt Doyle, I get texts from people at MLS clubs disagreeing with what he said and yelling at me about it. I'm like, what the hell do you want me to do? So I didn't want you guys to be in that same spot. And yeah. so like, I was, I was like being a little cautious and it turns out I was the one being soft because you guys are being real and honest. And like, yeah. it's, it was pretty quick for you to be like, Oh, like these guys are, these guys are going to be real. And like, I think my, my only worry when it came to, you talk about NBA, NFL, like these guys, I worry, like, is this going to be authentic or is this going to be just PR kind of shit? Is this going to be stuff that, you know, they only want to put out. It's not going to be actual serious, real answers if they if you turn the mics off. And like, again, I'm sure you guys have your own off off the air conversations that aren't exactly the same, but like it felt authentic and it felt felt real. So like that was, I think, the, the thing that impressed me the most about, you know, listening to you guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. It is as authentic as it can be, um, you know, in the in the public eye, you know, take that <laughs> as it is, I guess. But, um, you know, it, that's just kind of the nature of it and how we've, we've viewed it from the beginning. We don't shy away from difficult topics. We don't, you know, not talk about, you know, certain things. And, um, but then also things happen that you don't really see coming, like the Higuain story, right? Like <laughs> with Fabi. I think that was amazing like, because I, it was incredible. I, I didn't even, we didn't even discuss this before the podcast that I'm <laughs> asking this question. It was just like such a spur of the moment question for me. And he just kind of like, gave that answer and I was like, him. okay like yeah it was great but I mean you know those that's uh, reflective of, of kind of kind of what we think at times and, and I think it's it's a really cool tool to you know spread the word about this this game and and and, and this league in the whole world have you guys gotten any like negative feedback in terms of hey what the hell is that you can't say that or has it been pretty smooth it's been pretty smooth uh to be honest um Every once in a while, you know, guys uh, or, or the, the club comes up yeah. in DC at times. It was like, hey, you know, just be cautious when you talk about this. So don't talk about this yet because obviously no things ahead of right. time, you know, like so. So just give it a second and, and give it a couple of days uh, to do things. And, you know, you kind of just be cautious of those moments. But other than that, it's been yeah, no real no real big hiccups or, or people getting mad at us. And yeah. That's good. Uh, last one on this front. And I, I, like you said, you're a young guy, you're in your prime. So I, I don't know how much you're thinking about it. And I don't even want to insinuate thinking about post-career stuff. But is this like, you know, broadcasting, podcasting and stuff? Is like media stuff something you could see yourself doing down the line? Well, do you think I have the qualities for it? Yes, obviously. I was I was joking when I was on your podcast. I was like, fuck, you guys are a lot better than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, if you retired tomorrow, you could have my job. <laughs> it, it depends on that, right? No, I, I, I think um, it, it honestly, it started after I won Rookie of the Year. Um, I got invited to the MLS studios for an MLS Cup pregame nice. or something. And um, that kind of was like, hey, this is kind of like cool. It's really early, right after the yeah. <laughs> year. Like, um, so then, yeah, I kind of, I've always been a pretty open and honest guy in the media. I want to say, you know, never shied yeah. away from difficult moments either, and and kind of took opportunity to, as I saw them. And then in DC, when the pandemic hit, I was able, or the the club worked with me to do the Gressel special. Mm-hmm. Um, there was via Zoom like this, yeah. you know, just remember. Just, interview series and stuff like that so i was like man like this actually you know it's kind of fun you feel good after and and you know it's it's uh it makes sense and and if if that is in my 
uh, future after post playing, then so be it. And, and I'm excited for it. And yeah, we'll kind of just see how, how I can take it. But um, for now, we're doing the podcast. I'm doing media appearances as I, I do a lot anyway. And um, But yeah, it's certainly something I could see myself doing for sure. Do you like everybody that I've ever talked to that does this, like the first couple of times they hear themselves, or even for me still, it's like, oh my God, I hate the sound of my voice when it's recorded. Is that you too? Or are you just, yeah. are you athletes just blindly confident about everything? Like, yeah, nailed that one. Don't, don't need to think about it. Absolutely not. No, for <laughs> sure. The first few episodes I listened to, back, I listened back on, especially on the podcast, was like, oh, cringy. I was like, man, I really got to fig- figure some stuff out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been, been a good and it's been fun. And, I'm enjoying it and we'll see kind of how far, how far we take it. All right. So to, uh, more soccer stuff, you know, um, I know prior to Hernan Lasada getting uh, let go, he had, there was a bunch of reports about, let's just say the difficult training sessions and, and the fitness and everything like that. But Vancouver, so, so you come to Vancouver, obviously extremely fit and even by a professional soccer player's standards, like just because of the stories that came out of DC, but Vancouver are, uh, near the top of the league and pressures and, and some other stuff and playing wing back in, in that system. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be the most demanding just in terms of ground covering and going all the way up and down the flank. So w- what what was that transition? Like, did you feel, I guess that your legs were there, your fitness was there, or was it even like another level? Um, it was in the beginning, it was obviously I got it gradually integrated, right? I played mm-hmm. 45 minutes the first game. Then, you know, I, didn't start the the cup final I played 30 minutes there so I kind of got accustomed to it over time a little bit more and um it is a bit different in demanding mm-hmm. uh and like a different demand than than DC and DC was more like I actually looked at the data on this like this is actually pretty interesting I was like how you know total distance is a little bit higher mm-hmm. but my sprint volume is a little bit less okay uh, so so the sprint meters are lower but the high intensity is about similar um than what it was but the overall distance is a bit more higher so you kind of you know it's just a bit mm. workload than it is but um for me it's been you know it's been good i i think I, I feel good um that home game against uh uh who was it houston i think mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago where i played full 90 minutes I, I felt really good in and uh that was kind of like the kickstarter of it okay you know i can i can play in the system i can be myself for 90 minutes here and don't need to save minutes, you know, whatever in the first half, but no, it's been, it's been good. And again, we do work in the background to kind of, kind of, yeah. know, okay. What, what my body can handle, what it can't handle and, and, and how that translates from what I've done in DC to, to now how I'm doing it here in Vancouver. Obviously all systems are different. Um, I kind of, what were the nuances that you needed to like re refine in terms of what the game model was asking you here under Vanny than say in DC or even previously in Atlanta for any time that they played three at the back. Yeah. I mean, in, in Atlanta, it was, it was all out press, right? Like <laughs> pressed high, played man v man a lot of times all over the field. And it was very, um, yeah, just man oriented here. It's and in DC similar. It was like a mix of, of zonal and going mm-hmm. into man with Hernan. It was pressure, like man to man, you know, go find a man, go press the guy, press the ball, those types of things. And um, here it's really more ball oriented, like much more spatial and, and zonal. Um, so it's really not caring about the man as much. It's about, you know, where's the ball and kind of how you relate to mm-hmm. side to side with your midfielders, with the pieces surrounding you and clear principles like you know we see we play in a clear 3-4-3 three, three, and you know if the ball goes over my head like what do I need to do then and what does the center back do, do and all those types of things so um it's it's very 
it's a system that was easy for me to come into um, because it was so structured and so clearly, especially against the wall. And um, yeah, again, it's it's just different, but you know, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm not uh, this one way player. I think I can adapt pretty quickly, and, <laughs> and I did. And um, yeah, it's been good. Is Vanny Sartini everything that we see um, on the interviews and and in videos? Absolutely. He's just, he has so much energy. It's, it's incredible. Um, it's great to see, you know, it's great to have a head coach like that, that, that transmit, that's transmit, transmits that energy. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, you know, onto his players and, and every day, if, if it doesn't matter if it's, you know, Ryan Gold, the DP, or if it's, you know, the 28th, 29th guy on the roster, mm-hmm. that's the same love and the same appreciation for everybody. And, um it's been yeah he's been a really good good guy to play for for sure was he part of anybody who like picked you up from the airport or anything like that like what were kind of those first interactions with him like um first interactions were were good I mean you know he gave me a call after the trade he was like I can't imagine what you're going through right now (laughs) like it's it's incredible that they wouldn't let us talk to you and all those things and um you know we're happy to have you all those things and then he was like take your time getting here once you're here we can talk and we can sit down and we're excited to have you all those things so um he didn't pick me up from the airport because like i think i got in at like midnight or like 1 a.m um <laughs> that's the, the headline time. of this that Vanny Sartini doesn't really care <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as i got in in the morning you know he he was there and and we we had a chat and you know he was kind of very open and, and honest and how he is you know with the media that's how he is with us players and you know very caring very open very you know, friendly, funny, joking, and, mm. and that type of stuff. So it was, it was a good start from from the beginning for sure. Is it hard to match his enthusiasm and energy? Because that that seems like it could be a lot, a lot of the times. Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's you you take it from him, you know, and you feel better after conversations at times. You feel better after you see him, which is a great, great quality to have in a human being. I think so. Yeah. Um, when he you know comes in and he gives you a hug in the morning instead of just shaking your hand or just saying good morning like without even my hand you know like it's different so it's certainly certainly nice um and kind of one more serious one i've talked to people around the club over the last couple years and that they 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 were telling me and again i'm sure every team says something similar but it seemed more genuine coming that like they really really cared about the culture and and character and like building that because prior to a couple years ago that that wasn't something that was really synonymous with this club so i guess just when from when you arrived it was there any I guess indication that that this was kind of a strong foundation with with you know strong leadership, whether it's from the coaching staff or from you know the players that were selected in in part because of their character and building that foundation of culture. Well, honestly, right after I got traded, I didn't know much about Vancouver and what they'd <laughs> done in the past years. You know, I've played in the East all my life and mm. was so far away. And then when you watch the West, you know they're not the most the team that's on national TV all the time. No. Um, so you don't really, you know, really know much what's going on. And then that was the case for me. So it kind of, I had to kind of like walk into it to really know. And and to be honest with you, I've been very, very impressed with what they've done here over the past three, four years. And I know Axel had come in, mm-hmm. uh, changed some things and, and really brought in some, some, some good, uh, staff members that have, have kind of helped him, uh, along the lines of, of, of changing the culture, changing the way. The Vancouver Whitecaps do the work every day, and um, from you know, I, I, all I can say is that I'm honored to to kind of be identified as one of those pieces that that 
you know, is part of that culture now and that, that can maybe elevate this club to maybe a different level and, and kind of take the next step and all those things. So um, because it feels like, you know, they are at this verge, they're talking about a, you know, three to five year process. And now mm. with the pandemic in the middle, I think we're, you know, they're right at the end of year three. So um, it's, it's something that um, is exciting and, and it's, it's, it's good because it's a clear way of doing things. It's a clear structure. It's a clear culture of kind of how you want to operate and, um certainly nice to to be part of that and and kind of again be identified as one of the people that fits right in here and um can kind of contribute to that so before you came to providence college when when you were still in germany um i I don't know exactly what the timeline was of how old you were believe that you got started playing a bit in in the german fifth tier right after your academy days before you came here yeah fourth tier yeah fourth fourth tier. oh sorry (laughs) well any any good stories from from over there i've a my my college roommate and teammate played in the fifth tier and it was it was definitely fun to go watch and and i now trying to think back and imagining what you would be like playing in there it makes me kind of laugh it was it was funny because i was i was 18 17 um and you play with you know men they're grown men there's some big boys from what i saw out there (laughs) you know as you can as you can probably like say they're not the most technically skilled maybe not the fastest so they they come they have other qualities in terms of toughness and you know they tackle the shit out of you and you know those (laughs) types of things so um i certainly learned a lot that season and you kind of get thrown in as a young guy right um it's 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 like a rookie year you know Mm -hmm. like a rookie year um but yeah i mean it was it was a good year for me you know i think i I had a coach that really liked me and we had a really need in positions right right back um i played mostly there um and uh yeah again it was like it was it was cool and and to be honest that fourth division there were some quality teams i speak to alessandro shrep here now all the time because he played for Bayern munich too so i actually played against them wow yeah, a couple day, a couple. He actually scored against us too. I was gonna say, did you have any recollections of those games? I do because Emre Chan played for them as well. Mitchell Weiser, like those, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my Bayern, god, yeah, like Bayern Munich two, and then um, Nuremberg two, and, huh. and that type of type of teams. You you certainly played against some good players, um, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was good, but uh, again, it's it was a, it was a good year for me to kind of just learn how to play adult soccer. Like it was, <laughs> you know, it was a totally different level. And that's why I felt like going to college wasn't as hard for me, you know, because the the experience that I had over there, the college felt then again, more like a U23 type level um, to me. I was going to joke there that the, the physicality and all of that must have, must have really prepared you for, for college soccer in America. Cause there, there's, absolutely. there's, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It did for sure. <laughs> have you have you ever had you know again? Feel free to just disregard these this line. But like, have you ever had thoughts? I guess about going back to Germany. Obviously, something a little bit more elevated than than the fourth tier. I'm sorry, not just Germany, Europe at all. Something more elevated than the fourth tier. I'd imagine is what you'd have your eyes on at this point. But hey, even if you wanted to go back to your roots, so have there ever been any thoughts about kind of hey man, like want to try it over there again? Um, there are definitely some thoughts. I think mostly after. You know that that or during my time in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, when I was still younger and we had won the cup. I think after that 2019 season where I knew okay, um, Atlanta wasn't going to give me the contract that that I was looking for, um, and you know there was loose interest. You mm-hmm. know, sure we're tracking him, and you know it's been successful, all that stuff, but nothing really concrete ever happened. So I was like, okay, um, you know, so be it. I wasn't you know too upset about it because yeah. I knew my wife was rooted here. It would have been a lot to ask her to come with me. 
Um, she's American, you know, was mm. trying to learn German, is still trying to learn German. <laughs> to learn. Um, so it would have been, you know, a complete culture shock for her to go yeah. over there with me. Um, but there's, at the same time, she was open to it. You know, if the right thing would have come and, and the right thing, again, for both my family and myself, soccer-wise, w- was there, then we definitely would have gone. And um, I would have loved to fulfill that dream of the Bundesliga. Um, but I didn't really have to go over there to play in the second Bundesliga or, or third Bundesliga. Yeah. I knew that, you know, I it wasn't it wasn't this 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid mm. that, that is developing, is trying to become, you know, one of the top players in the world that, you know, I, I kind of knew where I stood. I'm realistic enough to to realize that. And um, yeah, so it was, the, the thoughts were there, but they were never really materialized. And so it wasn't really a big issue. So speaking of around that time, um, that was when the, it was yeah pretty much after MLS Cup. And I was like, wait a minute, like how long has, has Julian been in the country? All right, somebody look up how long it takes to get American citizenship. And this was a time before like Serginho Des broke through and like right back was like super, super weak as a position for the national team. So I, like, I remember being asked even by editors, like, hey, like ask this question or find out this information. I'm like, what the, how the hell am I supposed to figure out like, uh, you know, citizenship and whatnot but like so this was a, a preamble to say that this was a legitimate conversation i don't know what it was like i guess for you personally was the whole hey when am i going to be eligible for my american citizenship a thing for you yeah it was but you know it, it also was put to bed or put to rest really quickly because i knew right away like it was like my agent basically told me hey like you need to be married or, or have you, yeah, you need to be married for three years and, and have your green card for three years. So, um, you know, at that time, I think we got married at the end of 2018. I, I know this because in trying to look up information for this story, it was like, you need to, he, okay, when was his marriage? Go somebody look on Instagram. Like this is, it was outrageous that, that I should, if I was more established, I would have said like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it, there's actually a funny story about that because, so we had tried to get my green card through the club in Atlanta, yeah, um, not through marriage. So mm-hmm. there's a different time frame. So if you do it through the club, through work, um, it's five years. You have to live uh-huh. in the U.S. for five years and have your green card for five years before you can become a citizen. If you do it through marriage, it's only three. Uh-huh. So we had actually tried to get the green card done through the club, but they denied my, my application. <laughs> US, uh, the immigration office denied my application. <laughs> Um, so you know who I am. I'm the rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I joke about this now, but John Gallagher, right? Uh-huh. In Atlanta, he was like playing for the second team. He wasn't really in the in the 11. He got approved at the same time as me. <laughs> and I got declined. Um, so so then we were like, okay, we're getting married in three months. Like, might as well wait and then take it as, you know, whatever. And, and then apply right after the marriage. And, you know, as soon as I got married, I applied for my green card, got my green card, I think three months later. And mm-hmm um yeah now it's been three years well now you're in canada so like does that (laughs) message like like, again i I don't want to i can't imagine that people want to hear from you about immigration laws and stuff but like does that just stop everything no it doesn't because we've started the process of naturalization so me getting my passport well before um we basically started it 90 days before may i think was the the Mm -hmm. the for me so we started a while it's been in process for a while and i will probably have my um naturalization interview at the end of the season all right after the season is done so then i can get a passport and and be american and be yeah u.s men's national team eligible if greg berhalter chooses to to call me up but it probably won't be before the world cup 
I mean, that would be like a, like an announcement on like I don't know like October twenty fifth, and it's like oh my god, like Julian, put him on the depth chart. He's gone. Let him get in the camp real quick and, and see if he can get on the plane. Who knows, man? Injuries happen in this game, like you know all those things. But no, again, it will probably be for afterwards. And um, I'm just excited to you know have my American passport be American. You know, I've been here in Bend for ten years, and um, it's my home country, and, and we're looking to stay here long term. And um, yeah, if, if I was able to represent the U.S. at one point, it would be a huge, huge honor. And um, yeah, was was the first couple senses of that of the it'd be honored to be an American. You know, I'd love it. Was was that part of you practicing for that interview? Was was you were trying to get a couple lines out there to make sure that you're ready to go? Exactly. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm studying up on my 100 uh, questions of of like about like I think there's like an exam you have to take. Like I've about- heard this about the political system and like all those types of things, the laws and the constitution <laughs> and everything. So um, I'm going to have to study a little bit for the next few months, but usually I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty well-versed and I'm, I'm interested in that stuff too. So it shouldn't be too hard. I was going to say like, I'm pretty worried that I'm not sure if I would pass that without studying myself. <laughs> like, you know, I was just granted citizenship <laughs> of being born here. Like that's like, that's not an easy test. Like I know Diego Chara, like, was super proud of himself for how he like he passed it and, and all this stuff like again I, like if if you pose this like test to me without like any any preparation I don't, I don't know I don't know if I'd pass yeah I mean I think you have to get six out of ten questions right and there's a hundred questions total ah, so, oh, so randomized. Like, you get some leeway yeah so maybe you get some some easier ones that <laughs> six easy ones and four hard ones and you're good <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's a good place to wrap it up with um immigration expert julian julian gressel of the vancouver white cast podcast so it's extraordinary a lot of wearing a lot of hats uh julian thanks my man um how's it feel real quick then to be the the you know the test run for you know the first i guess interview and, and my fledgling interviewing skills here on, on on this podcast good i mean the way you you really sold it to me with the first message <laughs> you remember that he was like hey i'm doing an, i'm starting to do interviews for my shit podcast i was like <laughs> Great. Like I'm, I'm trying to come on on that for sure. No. <laughs> yeah, I was good. It's it's uh, good to get things started. I'm honored to be the first one, you know, for, for you to choose me out of all these players that, that you know so well is, is, is an honor. And uh, again, I'm excited to, to follow you, obviously, uh, throughout your time in MLS and for you to break some more, more transfers at some point. Yeah, too, well, too bad you didn't know about your trade before it was reported, or, or maybe that would have been it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can give me a heads up next time. Um, <laughs> All right, that'll do it with Julian Gressel, Vancouver Whitecaps. Go listen to the podcast, watch their games. Uh, Canadian champions um, for this year, making a run in the playoffs. Oh. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.